hear us here in the host of the hour. First to follow the fox named Neve with books laid before the bear named M to read and retire around the long fire. We've returned. Yeah. We are almost done with this book. Uh, it's weird because like I feel like nothing happens this week, but also I think it's like maybe the coolest week, but also you have to under you have to like just I guess we're just getting into sagas. Yeah. Um <laughs> the, the, it requires you to buy into the assumption that you think Hagen is cool. And I just fundamentally do not do this. So the, the thing does like, I realize, oh, right. This is a story about Hagen being a badass ultimately. And I just don't like Hagen. <laughs> yeah. I, f- I feel like we switched from a source that was about Creamhild. Like it started with yes. Creamhild. It yeah. was like focused on her and like her interiority through all of this. And it switched to a source that is about Hagen and it's just about his like legendary exploits. And it's, yeah. I, it's just not working the same way as like, here's Creamhild, uh, and like all the drama that's going on around this stuff. Yes. Yeah. So we should just get into it. Yeah. Um, so chapter 34, uh, they throw the corpses from the hall. (laughs) Yes, they do do that. Um, specifically, it's also noted that there are some bodies that were wounded, but not dead. And in throwing them down the the stairs, yeah, yeah, (laughs) when they throw them down the stairs of the hall, uh, they do die. Um, and then there's this weird thing about like, um, this is me trying to non-lethally play (laughs) Dishonored, accidentally drowning people in puddles of water. (laughs) uh there's this weird thing too about like how unmanly the huns are to be like sad that a bunch of people are dying yes <laughs> i'm like okay that that seems normal to me but okay um and then um there's some like you know challenging like bravado banter that's happening between Hagen and the burgundians and then etzel and the huns um again yeah. some of it around this like Look at you crying for all the people we're killing. <laughs> um, but yeah, not too much happens in this chapter other than they throw corpses out of the hall. Um, then uh, chapter 35, uh, Earring shows up. Oh, I may have just completely. Did, did I completely lose my internet? <laughs> Uh, it, it dipped for a second, not okay. more than usual, though. I it was just on red for a while. Okay. Um. Anyway. Um. Yeah. Earring enters. Uh. And challenges Hagen to a duel. Um. And he arrives with this like entire force of soldiers. Um. But it's like no, I I am committed to the duel. They're just like here to watch, basically. This um, chapter is just the let me solo her meme. <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh so yeah, he he's like dueling Hagen. Uh he eventually breaks off from Hagen to try to attack Volker. Uh and that, you know, immediately he's like, "Oh, never mind, I'm not going to do that." Uh and so then he tries to attack Gunther. Here there's like a specific note of the armor, which I think is the thing that Gunther got that like he can't get through. So at least one of the things that was mentioned as a gift has come up specifically. Mm-hmm. Um and then he tries to attack Gieselhair, uh, and Gieselhair delivers such a blow that they think that Earring is dead. Uh, he, like, is dazed and falls over, basically. Um, and when he's sort of coming to and realizing they all think that he's dead, he takes the moment to, like, do a surprise, like, jump up, rush at Hagen, um, 
and wounds Hagen through the helmet. Uh, not like fatally or anything, but does uh, bloody him. Um, and Kriemhild is all pleased and thanks Earring for uh, bloodying Hagen's corslet because like the blood's like streaming down, you know. Yeah. Um, but Hagen just gets really mad about it. That's like basically all that happens. He loses his helmet and he gets pissed off. Uh, and so he deals earring fatal blows with both his sword and spear. Uh, there's like this part where like it, the spear, I think, goes through earring's head and he's like pinned to the ground and not dead. Yet. Yes. No. Uh, and then he like pulls the spear out and he like says his final words, uh, yes. which is basically just like, uh, nobody else do this. This sucked. You will die. <laughs> it's not worth all of the mountains <laughs> yeah. of gold she's offering to try to fight this guy. Don't solo him. You can't do it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so then everybody charges uh, and everyone dies. Yeah. Um, although in the, the ensuing battle, uh, Irnfried bursts Volker's mail. So uh, at least like destroys his armor there. Um, you know, gets the stagger, but not the kill. Um, I feel like that's about it for that chapter. I don't know if anything else stood no, out to you. I just thought... Um, Hagen is basically booked like a Dark Souls boss in this chapter. He's just impossible to confront. He's just standing in the hall waiting, like demanding people charge him and then takes them out when he does. And it's it's pretty sick on the fact that Hagen sucks. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So at this point, Creamhild has honestly a pretty good idea. Um, Well, so... One, before we get to this, there's a part that I thought was really funny where um, they end up squatting on, like, the new bodies that are there uh, because they just killed a bunch of more knights. And there's this line of, uh, like, there aren't chairs, so they have to sit on the bodies. Uh, It says, for the comfort of the noble guests have been shockingly neglected. Uh, It's just another one of those, like, funny little phrases that um, I feel like this, this poet enjoys using. Um, yeah, they, they lay siege on the hall, uh, but the Burgundians are defending it well. Um, but there is this part where they're like, you know, while we are defending this, like they just have so many people they can throw at us. Um, and like being laid siege is also generally not good for like being able to continue to eat and stuff. Uh, so uh, they suspect that there will be a prolonged death here. Um, and so they seek a truce with Etzel uh, and it's almost granted. But then Creamhild stops it and is like, no, wait, no, <laughs> we're not. We're not ending this in a truce and letting them go. Um, yeah. Which, to be fair, um, I think at this point, if they let them go, it would truly be egg on their face. Like you brought these guys here. You surround it with your, you put them in your hall. You surround them with your entire forces and you can't fucking kill them. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> Who's going to take you seriously as like a power in the world? Um, yeah. Uh, and so then, uh, Giesel hair, please to cream uh, cause the, the two have always been on good terms and she basically says like this part I thought was, was kind of interesting cause she, she's essentially saying like, you are currently guilty by association with Hagen, but I will spare you all if you give up Hagen to me as a prisoner, like, w- which seems like she's basically saying like, is your allegiance with Hagen or is your allegiance with like me as your family member? Um, 
and they mm. all choose Hagen and refuse to give him up. Um, so at this point, I think she's like, in my opinion, fully justified to be like, all right, just set the hall on fire. Yes. <laughs> um, which is generally a good idea. Um, and so uh, the soldiers, like the heat is all around them, basically. Uh, and they become so thirsty from the heat that Hagen invites them to drink the blood of the corpses of those they killed, which they do. And I'm very normal about it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it's warmed yeah. up. So it'll be better than any wine they could have out of yeah. the uh, cellars. <laughs> Uh, some may say blood is finer than the finest wine. Yeah. Um, not me. I think that's a little gross, but you know, whatever <laughs> works. Um, I mean, from the corpse, uh, a little, that, that's the part that's a little gross to me. But anyway, um, and then they survive the night. It seems like mainly because there's just so much blood that like not only are they drinking it to to quench their thirst but they are also like trampling the burning bland, uh, brands into the blood to like put it out um, yeah, it's weird there's just it, so much blood on the floor like i'm curious if it's meant to be like is it like a thatched roof or like the roof burned down and then they kind of just ran into the center where it was like safer right <laughs> Yeah, they maybe. talk about it by the end of the night. They're like all huddled in the center of the room and th that's how they've survived. Um, and so it's like the roof went while they were on the sides, drinking the blood, hiding in the bodies or whatever. Um, and then once the roof had gone, they all rushed to the center. Uh, you have to get through the firewall to get there. But right. But like as the building burns around them, they're safer in the center because there's no more roof. Something like that. I could see yeah. it happening. It's possible. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But it, it does seem like there's a part where, like, they enjoy the cool breeze for a yes. moment, I think. Um, yeah. Uh, and then in the morning, more Hunnish warriors show up um, and are like, hey, you're not dead yet. Um, and attack the hall. Uh, but all of them fall to the Burgundians. And that's where we end. So. Yep. Um. Yeah. There's a bit where Creamhill's like, surely you mean they're all dead. It was like, they're still alive, ma'am. She's like, surely you mean they're all dead. No, no, no. I, I said they're still alive, ma'am. <laughs> but the fire, did you set Did you set the fire? Yeah, yeah, no, burn, um, burn the whole thing down. Uh, they're still alive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially with how much the just unforced error, like, started all of this. To, to a large degree, it feels like last time. Uh, the way that, like, the Burgundians just seem to always be in the right from, like, the, the point of view of the text uh, yes. is very bizarre to me. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I don't get it because that my sympathies are not with them. Never have been. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, they're all supposed to die and I keep waiting for it to happen. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be, like, the second to last chapter or something, you know? Maybe yeah. they'll save Hagen for the end, especially at this rate. Um, I feel like Hagen's going to be like the last to go at this point. You know, maybe like Volker right, like right before him or something. Oh yeah, yeah. They're really like setting them up to be the the like big final ones they have to take down. So, um, Gieselhair is probably dying soon. That's my prediction. Gieselhair is like going to be one of the first to die. That's pretty safe bet, I feel like. Yeah. Um Yeah. In general I, I enjoyed the the reading, but it's also like 
why 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 are we still at this point where it's just a bunch more of attacking them and most of them aren't dying <laughs> yeah just start killing them off already <laughs> it does have this feeling of like um you know sometimes the these like myths and legends might be recounting actual like larger battles that occurred but it's all getting filtered through this like oh the leaders of the armies are like the main actors mm-hmm. um and it's sometimes some of this has this like feel to me where it's like okay there was like you know the enemy like captured a castle or something and was like held up in the keep and there was like a siege going on and they tried to burn it like there's ways that i can i can easily port what's happening into like i mean the numbers are also like army levels except for the fact that the burgundians just you know don't have thousands like the huns do um but yeah um there's a way in which some of it feels like oh here's like bigger military actions that were happening and it's getting like condensed down into like a few rough nights (laughs) so um I'm curious to see what all the back matter is going to be when we get to that. There's a lot of it, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm excited to be done next week with the, the main text. Oh, is it really just next week? I didn't realize we were that close. Um, yeah, I think 39 is the last chapter. Damn. Uh, so. Shit. I mean, I guess they did burn down the hall. There's not much left to do other than everyone stab each other. Go home. Yeah. There's no more hall to to lay siege to, so yeah, yeah. Um, but that's it for the saga. That's it for the saga. We did it. Yeah, fifty minutes as usual. Uh, you know, the reading is short. Yeah, this one especially breezy. Yeah. Um, and definitely some, some entertaining sections. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what what have you been up to? Uh, gaming, watching movies, working, work still kicking my ass, you know? Yeah. Uh, being tired. I don't know. I have a whole thing about like health and mental health i'm gonna save it to the end because i don't want to like yeah. drop heavy stuff on people yeah it'll be our outro where normally you try to distract me by talking about some bullshit while i'm trying to do my outro um and uh we can just put it there that way if anyone doesn't want to listen to it they can skip it yeah it's not uh, like it's not it's not like a disaster you know it's just sensitive topics for people i don't want to get into like weird mental health and health stuff that might be triggering to people so yeah There'll be I don't want people to be like, oh, girded for like bad news. It's not. It's fine. Yeah. Um, And I'm assuming there'll be like content warnings in the description too. Yeah, sure. The stuff at the end or whatever. Yeah. For people who want to avoid it. Yeah, I've Um, been I've been coming up to uh, like I played Prince of Persia, like cleared that really fast. And I'm playing two other. I played pseudo regalia. That was a Metroidvania. I'm playing uh, Iconoclast and Monster World 4, which are both Metroidvanias of a type. Um, And I'm I which is good. I'm having a good time. Um, I got another code for the Switch, and I'm playing that even though the Switch fucking sucks. I hate using it. Um, I'm just a hater in my soul about the Switch as a platform. But I'm, like, coming across, like, the limits. I feel like I can feel the gaming, like, hit a wall. 
And I like I watched two movies this week. Um, so here we are. Maybe maybe the switch is flipped, but maybe next week I'll go right back to gaming. Who can say? Yeah. It's so tenuous. Yeah, it is. Um Yeah, I feel like like the big things that I've done. One, uh we finally started the like Blades in the Dark campaign, which is uh Nora, Autumn, Grace, and me. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just like not for podcasts or anything. We talked about it on stairwells i think are yes. like super nasal gave gaze navel gazy i don't know Use why i can't words. say that yeah i always trip over it um but uh so that's been fine um i started reading uh earthsea so yeah um i just read the first chapter so far but it was still like nice to just like take that down off my shelf and like start reading it where now mm-hmm. i have the like impulse to keep reading um and uh yeah i feel like the other big thing is i just like fixated on learning how to food games so um koi koi is like the main one that i've played because it's so easy to like find stuff to play koi koi like i Mm -hmm. just got the clubhouse games on the switch uh which again feels like a toy system after holding a steam deck for a while but um yeah uh but then it's like just doing that got me used to the the like cards and as somebody who watches lots of yakuza movies there's like basically two kinds of decks i think it's like the uh karuda deck i believe i'm trying to remember that or i might be uh i don't know i don't know what the fuck you're talking about yeah there there's like another deck of cards that's not hanafuda it it basically has things that mark like one through six or there's different versions that will go to like higher numbers uh but a lot of the like if you watch like a a red peony gambler or something um they may be playing with those cards sometimes um karuda yeah um and so like um specifically the the harifuda is like a really common yakuza one where the numbers go from one to six and then i think maybe there's like a trump card i forget um and so there's lots of betting games that are just around like uh you know i i've like hidden a card and the card is like number three or whatever and that's like under a cloth nobody saw it you know the the dealer selected it and then everyone like places bets on what the card's going to be uh it's like a really common gambling game um and there's a variation of it that does hanafuda but it's like the first six months and so it's just like you know january is one um february is two that kind of thing yeah uh but like recognizing the months of the hanafuda deck is just a thing that you have to like play with a hanafuda deck a little bit to like be able to do that uh, but I did that enough now that I like watch some of the gambling scenes from Pale Flower again. Uh, and it's just like, oh, I can like fully parse what's happening now. Cause I'm just like, oh yeah, they're like trying to guess what month it is or whatever. Um, so, but yeah, uh, I, I would enjoy playing, um, Hachi Hachi, the like, which is like a big, uh, gambling one that's like, there's rules to like go down from more players to like six or three players um but it seems really fun but it's also like very complex in that you have to look at your hand when it's first dealt to you and then there's like 
basically uh, compensation that you get paid if you have a bad hand. So you have to like know how to identify the combinations and which combinations are like worth calling out. And then you like reveal them uh, if you want to get like the compensation for a bad hand. So um, after that, it's like basically koi koi. Um, but yeah. Uh, but then there's like all sorts of weird scoring at the end of it too. Cause it's, it's just like, it seems like it's a real high stakes gambling game. Um, so yeah. Um, but it'd be fun to, to play, but I feel like at first I'm just going to get like some people to play Koi Koi with me so that they learn the deck, you know, but, um, yeah, that's like one of the things I've just been focusing on. <laughs> um, and then the the other even more embarrassing thing uh, is that I did start playing Atelier Resna or like Reslariana oh or whatever. Um, boo! Boo! Nick Brecken, boo! <laughs> um, it's fine. The thing is, I'm just never going to be the kind of person that's like really intensely playing a gotcha game um so yeah like there's a way that like uh grand blue or whatever just feels intimidating because some people are like really intense into it so um but the big thing that's happened for me playing it is that i just want to play an actual atelier game yeah they're good yeah but the the difference is i can't go to the bathroom and do like one battle in an atelier game you, you know? can. It's called put it on your Switch or Steam Deck. Yeah, and then, like, go to the bathroom at work? No. Oh, well, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. I don't know. Get a bigger purse. I don't, I don't like, carry my purse into the bathroom. Anyway. Oh, okay. Well, you could. No one's going to, like, think yeah. it's weird if you do. Yeah. I just leave it at my desk. Okay. You know? I don't work in the kind of environment where I have to worry about. No, that's yeah. fair. But I'm just saying no one would be like, oh, why? Why? Why take the person to the bathroom? I think that's a normal thing to do. Yeah. Um, But it's very easy to just take my phone in and, and do like one battle. That's fair. I, I play Sudoku for the same reason. <laughs> yeah. I have the like good Sudoku, but um, especially when I'm in office is Monday and Wednesdays and they uh -huh. like the difficulty gets harder as the week goes on. So those are like done instantly, you know? So I, um, I have all the like cracking the cryptics apps. There's a lot of them at this point. And I'm at the point where I'm kind of at a wall with like what is reasonable for me to accomplish with my skill level. And so th this week I was like, what, what else is on my phone? I need something and the Sudoku is too hard right now. And I remembered good, good Sudoku is on there and I hadn't, I'd like blew it up when it started. And I got to tell you, good Sudoku is the most baby shit Sudoku I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Um, no, no shade, I guess, on if you just enjoy doing some mid-tier Sudoku, but, like, I, I was going from, like, the fucking, like, seven-star cracking the cryptic Sudoku challenges, uh, to good Sudoku, and I'm like, this is, this is nonsense. I, I could do this in my head. I don't even need to, like, make notation. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is why, like, especially the easy stuff... Like frequently when I when I do the dailies, I'm just like top of the leaderboard. <laughs> I also imagine not as many people are doing it anymore, but no, probably not. Um, and then when I want to do more, I just do it from like the impossible level. Um, mm. 
Sam. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad you're playing an Atelier, even if it's the wrong one. Uh, is there like an actual RPG or is it just like crafting and battles? Um, there's like a little bit of a story, but it's been pretty basic so far. Um, and the way that it, it, so there's like the different kinds of battles that you can do because obviously there's all the different ones where you're like have an increased chance of getting the orbs that you need to like level up skills or you know uh gotcha bullshit um but then you also get uh dungeons but the dungeons are just like you like sort of do the swipe like hold on your phone and you just like walk on a path and then it's just like there's a thing to grab and then like battles and things so um and then once you like complete a, a difficulty level or like an area or whatever, like for a dungeon, you can then just like, uh, like if you want to try it again to like maybe do something else, you can do that. But there is a specific thing for the battles of like, if you want to try and get a better score with the battles, you can just do like a score mode. So often the thing that's like more useful is once you finish a dungeon in order to like do it again, there's just a thing where you like, it just skips the actual. You know, it's like you've done it once. We just give you all the rewards. So, okay. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty basic, but um, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, How's Final Fantasy VIII going? Uh, I I did a little bit more, but not a ton. I've had like some busy evenings. So, and sitting to play final fantasy eight is like my, my big evening thing. So I like was running around, uh, Esther as like the main party. Um, and then went to the, the like lab, um, and saved outside of it. So, um, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been I haven't gotten too far into that, but I, I want to play some more. Um so Yeah, this weekend too was just one of the like it was just a weirdly busy weekend. There's like various things we had to do in addition to the usual um you know music class and swim class and stuff like that. Because kids be having classes. Oh, um, I hated having class. I I did everything I could to get out of class as a kid. I hated them. <laughs> Um, I feel like my kid, uh, generally enjoys swim class, um, and music classes can be real hit or miss. Um, sometimes it's like really into the class for the day and sometimes is not, um, for no like discernible reason. It's not like, oh, I'm bored with this instrument. It's just like, sometimes the kid wants to make music and sometimes they don't. So... Um, and I haven't, I haven't started Rose of Versailles yet, but I'm going to, I'm probably going to do that tomorrow. Um, okay. I, I have tomorrow off of work for Imbolc, so I'm like going to be cleaning and stuff, but I also want to like take a little bit of time to exercise and when I, me exercising is my primary anime watching time. So, yeah. Um, because it's very easy to just watch something while I'm on like a bike or a treadmill or something. So that's how I watch Digimon. I um I hate it. I hate I hate cardio. This is my secret. 
<laughs> Unless it's swimming, I fucking hate cardio. I think it's so boring. Oh, I love it. Watching stuff does like... not help me. Um, I do enjoy cardio. It's just sometimes hard to fit in to my life. But no, I um, like uh, I like moving some weight around, do some resistance training, some weight training, whatever. I hate cardio. Fucking hate uh, it. I think it's so I, dull. I hate weight training. I need I to find like, the cardio that appeals to me. That isn't swimming because I can only swim like about five mm-hmm. months of the year. Um, and even then I can't do it like, you know, every day I would want to work out. Ideally, I need to find a new thing. Um, I hate shit like push-ups and sit-ups. I hate sit-ups. Push-ups are like unpleasant, but I don't dislike them. They're, they're very effective. You don't need to do that many of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like just getting on a bike and going that I, I oh, could just I do that. It. I get so I love bored. It. No. I'm just watching stuff. No, no, I'm no, just no. sitting there watching. Oh, the thing is, if I'm if I could just sit there and like pleasantly watch something, I'm not working hard enough on the thing. Uh, by the time I get my heart rate up, I'm like so uncomfortable that I'm not enjoying the thing because I'm uncomfortable. Um, there's no good balance. I just I enjoy just pushing myself on a bike and then also watching some anime at the same time. Yeah, I can't do it. I've, I you mean, I've done to- it, but I don't enjoy it. It's very, it feels very like, oh, now I've stacked two works on top of each other and I'm at double work and I might as well be in hell. <laughs> might as well have died and gone to hell. Um, I feel like me on a bike, I'm like more likely to enjoy some shonen battle stuff because you just get to like, like if I'm like sitting there just watching TV um, and there's just like a Gundam battle, I you know occasionally there's some like interesting dynamic happening but when the like robots are just attacking each other i don't care uh when i'm on a bike pushing myself and the robots are attacking themselves i'm like yeah yeah and i'm just like going faster so i'm already like listening to anime music when i'm working out because that's who i am that's what i do so yeah uh i'm doing that too there's just also uh visuals and people talking and subtitles to read i hate it i hate it i hate it i hate it (laughs) Um, especially subtitles Christ I can't read and push myself on like a treadmill you kidding me I'd die I don't know skill issue (laughs) I truly enjoy it whereas like uh, just especially the things where it's just like you're like lifting weights or whatever I'm like this is so fucking boring. I'm just see. I, I'm I just laying that. here, moving around some weights. Fuck it's, this. It's, it's like really focused. It's it should be difficult. You don't need to do a lot of sets. I tend to be like a you know higher weight, less reps kind of person. Um, and you know you're in and out in like 25 minutes. I'm like this is. I would just be like fucking spinning my legs in a circle doing the cardio for this exact same amount of time. Um, and this one, I feel like I've worked everything you know see gains guard cardio gains are so hard to to feel and see comparatively yeah Um, yeah i I hate it just not this is not my disposition at all (laughs) we're just opposites in this way yeah yeah Um, i want to go back because like since i got covid last year and was in the hospital i haven't been to the gym at all and like I have it penciled it on Friday because tomorrow I have to watch our first screenings movie. So I don't have time. Go to the gym after work. I really hope I can get there. I need like I was I'm going to tell Twitter to like remind me to maybe do it around like 7 p.m. or whatever. We'll see. 
because I need like accountability on this one, I think, because it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard to get myself out there. Um, I don't even need to go for very long because I haven't been a long time. So if I go too long, I'll hurt myself. I just need that's how it works. Right? You haven't worked out in a yeah. while. You need to go very gentle and very light and just build back up the tolerance. Um because I'll go back and be like, oh, I remember what kind of weights I was using last time. And uh, no, I'll fucking strain every muscle in my back and chest and arms and it'll be miserable. I won't be able to walk the next day. Done that plenty of times in my life. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's the other thing is, I mean, at some point a gym might be nice, but a gym is so hard, uh, especially when you have a kid. Oh, um, yeah, no, I bet. We have a we have a gym that's like. I could literally walk there in like 10 minutes. Um, it's like a block and a half away. Uh, I wouldn't, well, it's still kind of cold out, but, um, and my work gives like a fitness club reimbursement. So it basically costs me nothing to have a gym membership. So I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know there are a couple, like I have some friends who, um, like, you know, work friends who have a kid and, uh, have like this gym membership where they like do daycare for the kid, and it's just oh, like nice. That that's nice, but then it's like, all right, I gotta go to that gym then. <laughs> um, yeah. now going a, to a as a trainer, it's not fancy. <laughs> I both have this gender situation, and I have to go to the parents' gym. It's yeah, too hard. Yeah, yeah. No, um, because that's, that's the thing when you're around like situations where you have to be around lots of other parents is sort of self-selecting. A lot of parents are straight. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it's fucked up. They should fix yeah. that. Parents need to get together. Yeah. Um, we need a lot more, uh, barely concealed beard situations. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I feel like you probably don't live in a fancy enough area for that. Mm. It depends. I feel like that, if you're living that situ- situation in 2024, A, you're probably living in somewhere a little more conservative than Chicago. Not that Chicago doesn't have its areas, I'm yeah. sure. Um, and B, or it's like really like uh, upper crust, like up, up, where upper middle class becomes upper class and people really care about status in a way that's really annoying. Um, and you wouldn't yeah. want to hang out with those people anyway. Yeah, I wouldn't. They do live like a block from me, though, because okay. the area of Chicago that I live in is just fucking weird. Um, I mean, it's cool that like there's the it's the one area in Chicago that has like a large uh, like difference between like because so much of the rest of Chicago is very segregated um, and due to like historic rent a lot of it has been eroded at this point so it's starting to change but there's like really long uh you know rent control and like other renter protections um so like the the area that uh i'm in and also kind of autumn is like truly there are just like you go just go a few blocks and suddenly like the whole vibe will shift so um yeah there are like mansions like literally just around the corner for me so it's weird. <laughs> um, but um, I feel like it's the only place in Chicago like that, because otherwise it's like, yeah, maybe if you're like downtown, like I don't understand why rich people live downtown because it seems like it sucks late, um, like 
after people are no longer at work, downtown kind of sucks. Uh, but I know like rich people live there. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like those are, those are the big things I've been up to. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, truly I, I am waiting for autumn to finish volume 15 of Nana so I can start reading it for ghost divers. So that's where I'm at right now. Damn. They like need to have it done like by this weekend. So I can actually they read it. They have been dragging ass on reading Nana for so long. I can't believe you were so patient with it. If I did this, I'd never hear the end of it. I read Nana in like four days and then we did a podcast <laughs> about it. Demand more from your co-host. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is, you know, I'm like, how how is it taking you this long? Just, I mean, at least now they're reading it again. Because for a while, there's just months of like not reading Nana. It's fine though. I don't, yeah. I don't want to pressure them too much, but also I'm pressuring them a little bit on the podcast right now, which they'll listen to in like a month, probably. Yeah. As I was going to say, the, I'm saying that they should get their shit together and read Nana. There's no excuse for this. Yeah. Um, it's only my favorite thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Also, they've been doing it for ages. Like, don't take this long to, I wouldn't take this long to read anything. It, it's not, it, it hurts the thing. It, it's bad for your mental load. You gotta get that shit out of your life. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's like been anything else I've really been up to. I started watching Columbo again because they're watching it on Totally Reprise. Um, Mm -hmm. Thankfully, two out of the three ones have been like, you know, decent episodes of Columbo. Um, One of them was real bad, though. I uh, yeah, I like Molly does point out the ones like this. This one's actually good because Molly has kind of the same opinion of Columbo that I do, but has much. Well, it's also Molly's podcast, but um, has more tolerance for watching mid TV. And I'm like, this is not Columbo's not bad in the way I like bad television. Uh, when the episodes are mid, I just get mad. I'm like, this is a waste of my hour. Yeah. Um, having it on in the background while I'm at work feels like the appropriate level of attention that like you are meant to pay to a Columbo most of the time. Uh Um, I know there's like a mystery and stuff, but I just, it, the, every time I watch it, it has the, like you have this on in the kitchen while you're cooking vibes to me. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it's the, like your parents just have the TV on and Columbo's on kind of vibe. Yeah. You know? Um, because also there's no point at which like you really need to be following the the mystery deeply to like understand the gotcha. You know the gotcha is happening, and Columbo's going to tell you what the gotcha is. So you know, um, it took me a while to parse this as like a gotcha, like I've got you, and not a gotcha, like a like uh, a gotcha game. Yeah, Columbo gotcha. I I hate it. I hate it so much. Um, Yeah. But it's been it's been fine. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that that one, it's like a uh, exercise guy, and it, it's especially that like the main premise of it is just a thing that they already did, but slightly changed. Like everything is just another Columbo episode that's already happened. It's just like taking like three different elements and mixing them around. Um, so, uh, it's not even like anything new or fun. Yeah. Uh, That's fair. Yeah. My show that I'm supposedly watching for like, keep up with the project is I want to watch, uh, Farscape for the, uh, Chip and Veronica's Farscape show. And I watched the first like three episodes, but I just haven't had, the time or energy to sit down and like, now I'm like four episodes behind because they do two an episode to a podcast episode. Um, and I'm like, fuck, I need to like get on this or I'm going to be in, in, in a situation. Um, yeah. Cause if I get too far behind, I just will be like, well, I guess I'm not doing that ever again. Cause they just know me. It's just really hard. I, th- I don't know as someone who does a lot of like homework shows where it's like, I talk about a thing and the audience experiences the thing. Like, I don't know if anyone keeps up with Gundam at all. I would not keep up with Gundam if I didn't have the podcast. I, uh, it's, it's exhausting. I don't know how anyone does it. Like, kudos to all of you for doing it. Um, your, your heroes n- could not be me. <laughs> um, I feel like at this point, I'm just in it. Like, I'm just also in it for the long run. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> if, if, if the podcast ended tomorrow, I would never watch another episode of Gundam. I, and I'm, you know, I've been upfront about that as like my experience with Gundam has been fraught, I would say. Um, I'd probably actually need to spend like about three years not watching any anime at all or thinking about it and then see where I'm at is the reality. Um, yeah. Like, I'm really glad that we, we put, uh, uh, beach house in the, in the freezer for a little bit. We're supposed to be thinking about that come March, but let's, I don't think, I think, I think it might be a while before we do another beach house. Be honest with you. Um, cause yeah. we're both stretched kind of thin right now with like real life stuff. And, uh, the last thing I want to do is watch an extra anime. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't like you know all, everyone in our sphere has like watch along, read along podcasts, and I I think it's a good I think it's good I think doing long read criticism is good, um. But I don't know how anyone keeps up with anything because I can only keep up with my shit, much less anyone else's shit. <laughs> like I'm not watching the 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 stairwells movies. I'm not watching Columbo. Uh, I I want to watch Farscape, but I'm not I'm not watching the Star Wars stuff that more Civilized Age is covering. Um, thank God I played Kotor because I I wouldn't have played Kotor for that podcast. It's been very good. Those those that's like the best more Civilized Age has ever been. Is these Kotor episodes? If you have not listened, please check them out. They're pretty good. Um, yeah, Kotor is a fucking weird game. Uh, yeah. Um. um yeah, I, I just, I'm always like, because there's people who like follow all of my podcasts and your podcasts. I'm like, how does anyone fucking do this? Yeah. Um, it is always weird when I see somebody who's like watched all the stairwells movies, um, or a lot of them. Yeah. You know, sometimes there's ones I was going they to, I, I wrote them all one, down but... and this was like, oh, we're talking over each other because you're oh, yeah. bad. Um, I had written them all down to watch all of them. Uh, like two years ago, whenever we became friends, whenever I, I started listening to your podcast, I was like, I'm going to catch up. And then I was like, wait a second. I don't like, I don't agree with their tastes enough to just mainline all these movies. I'd go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I dislike your taste. You, I, I will tell you the type of movie that yeah. is in the stair, in the stairwells mode. That's not to my taste at all. Sometimes. I will tell you when there's a stairwells movie that you need to watch like yeah. smooth talk. Yeah. 
But I watched like two Yakuza movies in a row and I was like, I can't do this anymore. (laughs) I watched like Red the the fucking Gambler three, whatever. I was like, no, I can't do this. Yeah, Red Peony Gambler. Yeah. Boring. Movie rules, but I I understand I understand your arguments. I just don't like the kind of that kind of movie. Yeah. Also, it's not as good as some other Yakuza stuff. Like it's just extremely the genre. Um, I enjoy it as the genre and not really as anything else. Um, yeah, that, that's me with like horror movies, which I don't even have a thing to talk about. I just love a crappy horror movie. I never talk about them. There's no, I wouldn't want to do a horror. I I would want to do a horror podcast, but it's not like I could fill a horror podcast with crappy horror movies. We'd have to actually pick good stuff and dig in. Um, I don't have time or anything anyway. Uh, (laughs) thing with stairwells. I just this week, I was listening to the stairwells from, last last two weeks ago when this comes out two weeks ago um the one that's not about any movies there's just an hour and a half of like behind the scenes stuff and i was like oh you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna bug them right now about doing the ones that we discussed doing together i was like wait a second i'm in the middle of a podcast with nora no i'm not knock it off idiot you're doing too many things already um i am fully on the like no more saying yes to things until uh dragon readers is done um but I did have the moment where I was like, oh, Autumn needs a push to be movie moded. Uh, let's fucking go and do the Psycho remake. <laughs> yeah. You know, one of the stairwells that I'm going to be on that's in the wings. Yeah. That and Basic Instinct. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. whatever. You know, I'd come on for anything. I don't yeah. fucking care. Um, yeah. Um, there was something I was going to say earlier and then the... Oh, uh, I also feel like if GGP ended, there's maybe some Gundam I would watch, but I would not, uh, you know, I'd probably finish double O at some point because I'm just in it. You know, the actual thing is everyone would be pissed at me because I'd go and watch Gundam build fighters and not watch IBO, which is the one everyone wants me to see. <laughs> yeah. But the Gundam uh, I'm most excited for in the world is fucking build. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fair. Um, but yeah, especially while the podcast is going, I feel I feel an impulse that I have to stay up on it now. Yeah. Um which I mean some of it is I have this blood pack. If I have to step in, I'm you know I I'm always there in the wings. <laughs> yeah, no? Yeah. You're uh you're the understudy. We don't have anybody yeah. else who's seen it all. Yeah. I mean we have we have people, but like the intersection of has seen all of Gundam and is a regular podcaster is just like not that many people. Yeah. Um, plus I have correct takes. Um, for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, I guess I wouldn't argue with that. (laughs) My My, gut impulse is to say, no, I I disagree to be, to be mean playfully, but I'm like, no, I guess, I guess I do agree with you. Uh, you're, you're usually correct. Yeah. I think I, I think like for nostalgia reasons, I have 08th a little bit higher than you all, but not that much, you know? I don't think 08th is great. I just like it for nostalgia reasons. Look, um, my antipathy towards 08th the best team has been obliterated by Kiri Yamato existing at all. Like, oh, the bar yeah. has just been reset. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's like I could have had an argument about what the worst Final Fantasy was before 16 came out. Now it doesn't matter. They're all good except that one. And that's how I feel about Gundam. They're all fine except that one. Even G Gundam. I'll fucking hang out with Chibity Crockett. Think about him all day. I love him. Um, yeah. I don't want to watch it necessarily, but I don't mind turning it over my brain. When I turn seat over my brain, I get like a static feedback and I start bleeding from the nose. <coughs> um, I think the weirdest. I was just thinking about like Chippity Crockett and and 
G Gundam when you brought that up. Yeah. And I feel like overall, like if you ask me, do I like Gundam Wing or do I like G Gundam more? I would say Gundam Wing. But then you'd be like, we're going to put on an episode of either G Gundam or Gundam Wing. I would be like, put on G Gundam. <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, but the, 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 the caveat were, I think Endless Waltz is one of the best Gundam things that's ever been made. <laughs> I, I do not quite follow you here, but I agree it's better than Wing. I, I just love Endless Waltz. I don't know what it is about that stupid fucking OVA or movie, whichever. I prefer the OVA, but only a little bit. And Dorothy's not in it. So, you know, you got to watch both. Um... I just think it's great. I just, I like the Christmas vibe. I like how fucking stupid it is. Um, I think it, it gives Hero one actual cool thing to do ever once. It's beautiful. The Gundams are sick. The music's good. What, what more could you ask for? <laughs> yeah. Um, The Gundams are sick. Yeah. Uh, Wing has some iconic Gundams and the, the Endless Waltz just, you know. Yeah, it, it has the budget to be better than the show. Yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. Yeah. Um, he, he shoots a gun so hard, it blows the Gundam up. That's sick to me. Like, I, I can't hate that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have that, like, Endless Waltz version of the Gundam Wing, the, like, Master mm-hmm. Grade to build. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. it's great. Um, I have so much to build, though. One thing I also did in the, the week in between is I did a little bit of work on the Perfect Grade Unleash RX-78-2, which is just, mm-hmm. like, adding more of the various metal silvery parts to uh, the, like, legs and stuff. Mm. Um, I feel like once I get to, like, I am putting the actual white armor over the, like, chassis uh, stage of the build... It's going to go faster because I'm just going to be excited again. But right now it's just like, oh, I just made the like gray chassis thing like shinier. Um, it's just not quite as exciting. Like, it's still fun to see all the layers and like all the little details. Um, it does like really invite you to like multiple times go over different parts and look at how the different like parts fit together and move and everything. Um yeah. But also once I once it starts becoming the iconic white Gundam, like, you know, just the colors and everything, I think I'm going to I'm going to get more excited about it again, because right now it's like weird metallic under, you know, all all greebly and shit. And I just I don't think of the RX-78-2 as a, a greebly thing, you know? No. Yeah, I want that um, fucking, the, is it Strike Freedom, one of those? I, that's all golden, ugly. I want that one, kind of. Um, yeah. It's like the one seed kit I really want. I don't know why, that because it's so gaudy and it's fucking a Kiriyamata suit. I don't, I don't know why it's wormed into my brain that has, like it has, but it has. For a while, I wanted the Perfect Grade Exia with like the lights. Have you seen that? The yeah. light Exia, which was like sick. I think it looks incredible. But now that I've seen the show, I'm like, well, the Exia is like the loser season one suit. <laughs> Yeah. I don't actually um, think the double O is any better. I actually think it's like a worse design, but I just don't have any affection for the X. I like in the context, I'm like the X is less cool than it was before I watched the show. Yeah. Uh, I do. I mean, it's very funny because I feel like you don't actually see it in like that pink mode. I think it was like a one of those um, like premium Bondi kits that was like mm-hmm. a limited thing. But have you seen the the like uh trans am mode kit of the Axia? No. 
Um, I I enjoy it just because it's like, oh, here is a, a pink Gundam to build. Um, yeah. I had seen someone posted, maybe it was in one of the Discord channels, but someone had posted a, like a mod of a GN drive like model where they had put like two stage LEDs in it where it lit up like the normal GN drive, but then had like a um, a trans am mode where like a like pink leds like lit because the plastics really thin it like lit the whole thing up pink when it like hit the second stage and it looked incredible oh, <laughs> i don't think you did the whole kit yeah. but you could do it like the gn drive part and i thought it looked great yeah yeah this oh, is that's the... cool that's like the that's like the um the the zeta like the i don't even remember what they call it the like psycho boost mode zeta or whatever yeah um and so, like, I, I assume this is, like, even if they do a print of it, it'll probably be difficult to get. Uh, yeah. It, yeah, I think it was, like, a limited thing. Um, but I also just look at it, and I'm like, that I would probably get. Because, you know, you get to make the Axia, but it's not just, like, oh, you know, it's another white and blue with some red and yellow accents Gundam. Because um, the Axia is cool, but, like... It's not the RX-78-2 or the Turn A. Uh, or the Victory Gundam. Like, the Victory 2. Uh, I'm, like, I'm like 10% into the Victory, like, the big fucking Assault Booster Victory Gundam build. Um, but I started that, like, a year and a half ago. I just am not in the mood to play or to build, like, Playmo stuff at all lately. And it's yeah. it'll come back. Like, I'm not, like, getting rid of my kits, but I have a bunch sitting around, and they're just, like, untouched. Um, it's very annoying. I'm annoyed at myself about it. Um, what is the name of this? I'm looking for the name of the Zeta Gundam mode and I fucking biosensor, the biosensor Zeta Gundam, <laughs> where it's like slightly purple. I was like, I know it has a stupid name because it barely comes up in Zeta. The, the fucking Zeta has a weird, like ghost parade conduit mode. <laughs> oh yeah. And yeah, it's just like the blue is purple and the rest just yeah. has like a little bit of a, a tint like a reddish tint yeah it's yeah. yeah it's really subtle but i do think it looks cool yeah um yeah the one of the things i did is i also ordered some um like spray paint cans for mm. the um combined ray earth so mm. cuz i think that's the next thing when i finish the perfect grade unleashed that i i want to try and do um, and I'm not going to invest in like an actual, uh, you know, like paint gun where you like have the compressed air or whatever. Yeah. Um, I was just like, I mostly, I just want to do it for this kit specifically because the motoroid colors are kind of bad. Um, and especially for combined ray earth, I just want to like have it look nicer. So, um, in particular, the golds, like the metallics are just really bad with the motoroids, I feel like. Um, oh, yeah, I've never I've I've never bought any because everyone says they're like not great models. Um, yeah, uh, and I, I think I care more about building interesting models than I do uh, getting things of shows I like. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, in general, when I build Gunpla, I just want the fun of, like, you know, it's just, like, a the same part of my brain that really enjoyed Legos as a kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, but I just love the Ray Earth mechs so much that I had to get those, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Um, so I like got the little clips too, or whatever, so you can like hold on to the pieces and like shove them in some styrofoam or styrofoam oh, yeah. or something. Yeah, alligator yeah. clips. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I. Since I work for an industrial supply company, I looked to see if we had anything that would work, and there's, like, some where I could get, like, the little clips themselves and just put them on sticks, but I was like, this is, like, basically the price, like, if I'm buying this at cost, because they they just seemed a little bit more industrial and heavy-duty than the ones that are probably for Gunpla are, so. Um, I was just like, I'm just going to get the Gunpla ones. It's not worth it to try and make it to, like, save a dollar, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, but I'm a little bit nervous about spray painting, but it'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. Maybe try it on something you don't care as much about to start with. Yeah. Um, plus you can just like practice with runners and stuff too. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. Um, so that's like my, my other big project, but yeah, the gun plus stuff has been slow going for me. Um, also in part because I'm like, I have all the boxes in the closet, but I'm like running out of places to like put the, the actual models that aren't just like on a bookshelf where it will get dusty. So, Mm -hmm. um, just have them chill in the, the, uh, LED (laughs) apartment 707 case with Nana Hachi. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to do that, but. Um, I might do it briefly to be funny, but I, I'm like kind of wondering where the fuck I'm going to put, cause I have them on my desk when I'm like building it. I just have it on mm-hmm. my desk at work. Um, and I'm kind of wondering where the fuck I'm going to put the RX 78 to when I'm going with it. Cause it's just big. Yeah. It's just a big boy. Uh, Yeah. I don't know if you have anything. I mean, I know you have something else, but I don't know if you have anything else in addition to that. I don't know if I have anything else. Like I said, just been kind of doing podcast work, gaming, watching movies, chilling, working, day job. Day job sucks. You know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, My day job has been a little bit weird, but it's been it's been generally nice. Yeah. I mean, I don't don't talk about my day job on podcasts basically ever, so. I'm not about to start here. Even here. No, there's there's some lines I don't cross. Um, the one thing that's been weird at my day job is I had this like really big project that I did like half a year ago um, where we're like really revamping a, a section of like how we're talking about products. Mm-hmm. Um, and now the downstream people are like finally doing the actual work to try and put it on the website and stuff. Um and some of it is just, they're really complex products. Like, I'm probably the person at the company that understands them the most now. Uh, so I've just had to do a lot of, like, intensively reviewing stuff and, like, sending stuff with comments for, like, oh, we need to, like, fix this data or whatever. Um, which is a lot more work than I've ever had to do normally you just like submit it and you'd like say this is the work that needs to be done and it generally gets done so like maybe you have a few comments when they ask you to do reviews but this is just like uh it's at the point where the management has just been like all of the data for all of these presentations is going to like go through you for like a review to approve it before we progress so Mm. um 
Which I'm glad that, like, the work is being done and I'm able to double check it, but it is just, like, I have other stuff I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, thankfully, my boss understands that, like, this is also important and it's going to take time. But, um, yeah. Uh, it has been a little just, like, continually jumping around between things that I'm doing, which is not always great for ADHD. Uh, yeah, that's fair. So I guess that's maybe a lead in, although we can start the, the we, plugs, we're first. Do plugs first. Yeah, yeah let's yeah, do yeah. plugs first. Uh, Where can people so find time, you? Oh, I was going to say next time oh, we do yeah. three chapters again and then we'll finish the book. Uh, yeah. And the week after that, we'll be doing all the back matter, which is uh, a lot. Actually, it's going to be our longest reading on this yeah. book. Um, um, I will, before we record next time, figure out how we're going to break down Beowulf just so we can say Oh, that. yeah, yeah. I haven't really thought about yeah. it. <laughs> um, I'll look. I'm assuming like three or four weeks of it would probably be a a decent breakdown but i need to actually like think it through so yeah um you can find me on twitter at em underscore being you can find all my podcasts at neuralmapping.com uh except for dragon readers which you should listen to that's on the export audio feed uh we started eldest um you get that a week early on the Patreon, which you should go pledge to export Patreon. Um, but it'll be the, the free version will be out the same week this episode is out. So, you know, um, I'll already be reading for the next section of Eldest. Um, that's been great. Uh, Eldest is like, or yeah, Eldest specifically is kind of a weird book. Um, but I'm enjoying talking about Nora. It is, it is kind of me just like describing a book Nora loves to Nora with like my own point of view and Nora just kind of being amused by some of my takeaways. Um, that's what, that's like the vibe of the podcast, but I am happy to have a chance to record with Nora. Cause we don't just, the two of us don't record ever. Like that's not a duo you get in our little like podcasting cadre. Um, yeah. but I do like hanging out with Nora quite a bit. Um, I feel like it's like the uh, the rare pair in terms of podcasting duos. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, Nora and um, I have never done oh, a podcast. And also, if you want to, oh, it, uh, wait, what were you saying? Oh, Nora and I have never done a podcast. I mean, yeah, other than no, like a weird. one-off thing. Yeah. Um, Damn, Nora hates Neve. Neve's leaving. <laughs> That's the beef. That's the rumor I'm going to spread. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, if you want to support my Patreon, patreon.com slash normal mapping, uh, for $1, you get Gundam, which we talk about all the time. Uh, $5 gets you blockbusters. I think this coming weekend when this episode comes out, we will be recording on big. And so that episode will be out next week. Um, I'm continuing to play Final Fantasy Tactics. So look forward to that. I finally got Orlando. So it's time to do some side questing because I'm at the point where that game gives me a chance to do some side questing. Um, and for ten dollars, you get VoIP Life. The most recent VoIP Life that just came up was about fucking terrible British television and me going, "We can't talk about Final Fantasy, Jackson," and then we end up talking about Final Fantasy a little bit because um, we can't fucking help <laughs> ourselves. Um, we'll get there. It's a recovery yeah. process. <laughs> um, you know, a couple more weeks, then Rebirth will be out, and then we're tr- truly not allowed. Just forbidden topics. Um, so that's it for me. Where can people find you? You can find me at Fox Omnia on uh, especially Twitter, but also Blue Sky co-host uh, Letterboxd, Annie List, anything I'm on. Um, go listen to my other podcasts, uh, most of them other than this one on Export Audio. Uh, so Ghost Divers is the anime or currently Nana podcast, uh, the manga. Um, but 
eventually we'll do the Berserk anime. That's coming up. Um, then Ornate Stairwells, which we've talked about, is a movie podcast. Uh, we are doing the straight story. or We are watching it Friday. Uh, all right. I, if, I, okay, yeah. I believe you. If it doesn't happen, yell at Autumn about it, because it wasn't my fault. Okay. Um and from there we'll we'll probably watch some you know, we've got like some stuff we're excited about on the list. So we'll figure something out. Um and Pondering Pluton with Ajishiro Taro and Hachimitsu Boy uh is a weird timed comedy podcast that Connor and I do where we read the Cromartie High School manga and sometimes talk about it and sometimes talk about football, I guess. Uh, and all sorts of other things. So I don't know if you've listened to the latest episodes, but I did. Uh, I, you know, I hate it when you talk about football, you just know that's true yeah. about me. Um, yeah. it's not a problem with the podcast, but I, 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 I fucking hate sports talk. Yeah. Uh, one of my, one of my <laughs> least appealing features as a human being, other than my lack of patience is my t- utter disinterest in all sports talk. Yeah. Um, um after but we then, recorded that episode, Connor was like, uh, I worry that, like, people are going to be upset that we talked about sports. And I was like, I don't think people are going to be upset. I think most people are fine with it uh, and will be annoyed. This <laughs> is <laughs> so what I said the to Connor. The episode after that, like this week's episode, uh, last week's, if you're listening to this, uh, yeah. you, you mostly cover the manga. And every time you cover the manga, I go, what's going on? Is this a bit? Because <laughs> that's who I am now. Uh, I, I feel like this... This one was the most we were doing a bit and not actually covering the manga. We were covering uh-huh. the manga, but in a very bit heavy way. <laughs> okay. Okay. So my gut was not betraying me on this one. Uh, but usually when we cover the manga, we do just talk about the manga. It does always feel like a bit to me that we are talking about the manga. But this time in particular, we got we got like uh, we got real slap happy. I feel like with the, the way we were doing it. Our version okay. of it, which just means we're not laughing on mic, but then when we're done, we're like, that was fucking ridiculous. What were we doing? <laughs> okay. okay. So. Good. I, th- I feel like that comes across in the episode. I don't know in what way it's ridiculous. <laughs> not sure, but uh, the energy's there. Um, yeah. Basically, the stuff that we talk about is stuff that does happen in the manga, uh, mm-hmm. but we just have a certain attitude of how we're reading it that is not how we actually feel about the manga. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and it's just like uh, overextending the the analysis as a bit. Yeah. So. Enough. Yeah. Um. That's it. If you, if people don't want to hear mental health slash health talk, oh, I guess yeah, get out of here. I, I don't even have like I feel like I should have a speech prepared or whatever. Uh. But thanks. Bye. Uh. Content warnings. I guess for like so. I was asked to give an update on ADHD stuff. The problem is my ADHD stuff is like intermingled with everything else going on. I'm like, I'm just going to fucking talk. I want to, I want a place to talk about it. I feel like as someone else who's like, you know, going like going through mental health stuff, you are the most amenable in terms of people I podcast with to talk about this with. Um, we, we don't share like the exact same problems, but I feel like we have an understanding. We, we, our brains operate in similar ways. Sometimes. I don't know. I yeah. feel like this is the place where I talk about this stuff. Um, so my apologies for like just dumping my <laughs> bullshit. I mean, you know most about it anyway, because you know we're friends. Yeah. Um, uh, so none of it's news to you. Uh, but I don't really talk about it anywhere else. Um, so content warnings for like 
body image, eating disorder stuff, ADHD, mental health, broadly. I think that's it. I think that's it. Medical stuff, like generally, I guess. Um, but uh, I was asked by Ancient Mecca how the ADHD medication is going. Short answer, if you just want the short answer, is I'm, I put, was put on Stratera three months ago. Um, two months ago. Two months ago. That can't be right. I've seen her. No, we kept. And then I upped the dose. Yeah, about about two and a half months ago. Um uh, like 40 milligrams uh once it started taking effect we let it ride for a little while because i was having really bad uh, not not really bad bad side effects so i was getting like hot flashes at a couple hours of taking it and it was fucking with my uh stomach up and down but also i my stomach's been bad ever since i was in the hospital more on that in a second um and uh we went up to 60 recently because i was seeing gains but like the, I, feel, I felt like the gains could be better like there's things where like I'm listening yeah. to entire albums sometimes and that 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 didn't happen. Uh, sometimes I'm like when I listen to two times a YouTube video, I go, this is like a barrage of sound. I need to turn this down, which is like it's like I feel like my brain is just like gearing down a little bit, which is ideal. Um, yeah. Uh, and so I think it's been going good. It requires a lot of like. The thing that's happened uh is because i was always go 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 and like overstimulating myself to like deal with my adhd as like a just my normal coping mechanism um there wasn't a lot of like empty space and what i've been trying to do is open up more empty space but the thing that happens when you open up more empty space in your personal life just like by yourself alone is the rest of your other shit comes up <laughs> Yeah. Right. Um, which is like all stuff. I'm pre like, I've been in therapy for a couple of years now. It's all pre, I know like nothing surprised me. Right. But I found myself like reprocessing, like my dad dying, just like weird things that I hadn't really been thinking about were coming back up. And the only thing I can point to is like my brain chemistry is different enough that I somehow my brain has decided to reprocess my life in the background while I do other stuff, um, which has been like unpleasant <laughs> generally. Uh, I'll be honest. Yeah. Um, not like not like deleterious to my life or anything, but it I've been I would say the last couple months have just been like pretty down uh emotionally. But like my focus is much better. Um I do have the thing where like if I don't know what to do now, I don't I don't want to just like normally it's like, oh then I'll just like cram YouTube for three hours. I don't find that appealing in the way I used to, exactly. And that's been a bummer because I don't really know how to self-soothe. Um, when I'm just in like a, nothing's going to make me feel good. I should go to bed, but I'm not going to cause I'm petulant kind of mood or something. You know, sometimes you're just a 38 year old toddler. That's just life. You know, it's like, Oh, I, I I'm cranky and I don't know what, I don't know what'll fix me. Um, yeah. And I don't always have good, I don't have good co like, I don't have like, so here's the other thing two years ago, let's say, um, which so this, I haven't, I don't think I really talked about anywhere, uh, outside of like private spaces. Um, I mean, this is a thing I knew, but like I was diagnosed with an eating disorder, specifically binge eating as like an emotional response to like feeling bad, self-soothing behavior. This is like my go-to. Um, we've been working on it. It's been hard. That's fucking hard progress, right? It's very difficult, um, to do. Um, I've always been, you know, fat person growing up, even as a kid. Uh, that's just true. Um, the body image stuff is bad. The, to, to tack the, even before the gender stuff, the body image stuff was bad. The gender stuff only fucks it up more. Yeah. Everyone, most people listening know I'm not really like that. That's not really germane to this part of the conversation other than it's been a weird road. 
recovery is like not linear. Everyone knows that. If you think you have these problems, please try to find a therapist that works for you and work with them because it, it's just hard to do. On your, it's, it, I never could have even broached the topic on my own. It would give me like anxiety attacks. And now I'm here talking about it. And, you know, uh, a lot of progress has been made. Um, but between the ADHD does. So one of the things I noticed um, is um, I think that like the the ADHD and like the the eating were commingled in like when I felt too histrionic or too like like emotionally turbulent that was like a sedating action that I could do that would chill me out both like ADHD wise and like emotional like coping mechanism wise um and it was bad um and I've been working on that and I've been making progress we we do like intuitive eating stuff and that's been really helpful um and uh the adhd meds because i because i'm like oh well i can't just like throw my time into youtube now when i have those moments where i'm like i don't know what to do with myself i can't sleep uh i'm kind of restless i can't like start anything because it's like 11 p.m um you know it was like oh i'm just gonna watch the internet until i fall asleep or i was gonna eat until i felt like bad um and i don't do either of those things as much anymore but it, it leaves me kind of like distraught. I'm like, I don't really have anything. Um, and so I just try to take care of myself and be kind, just normal, basic stuff, you know? Um, yeah. anyway, um, on top of this comorbid with this, I, you know, whatever, um, because of my, you know, lifelong eating disorder problem, uh, I have high blood sugar have for a while. It's been mostly managed really well, uh, with just like oral medication. Um, and, um, but when I got COVID last fall, um, and went in the hospital, I don't know what the fuck COVID's a mystery. No one knows how it works, but the things that were managed good with pills, blood sugar is not being managed well with pills anymore. Like it's just, it's just been non-responsive. Like, I don't know if I have pancreatic damage or whatever. They don't like go and like do tests, right? They're like, well, we did yeah. your labs and your labs seem fine. Although your blood sugar is high, but this is a, normally you see a spike with COVID and mine has not gone down since I was in the hospital, basically. Um, and so two weeks ago, uh, my doctor pushed for it like a, three months ago. And I was like, let's see if I can get this figured out just on my own, just through like diet and exercise. And I, I couldn't. Um, she recommended that I start Ozempic, which I did start two weeks ago, um, which is a weird thing to talk about because like we're doing it for blood sugar reasons, but it's like a fucking fad diet drug. And yeah. I'm extremely anti-diet. Um and uh i just kicked up a lot of weird so that shit is demonic i'm like still taking it i'm not intending to stop but i'm telling you i'm not i like right now two weeks in i think it kind of sucks like if it does its job i'll deal with it i'll just put up with it i'd, I'd rather have these these things i'm about to describe as side effects or not even side, effects they're not the side effects i'm not having side effects i've been very lucky um i'd rather have these effects than like fucking die <laughs> at like yeah. 50 from whatever um so uh it's fine the the appetite suppression stuff has been a true waking nightmare for me <laughs> um i'm on like the first like it started at 2.5 milligrams I'm supposed to go up to one uh in the next six weeks i'm like barely eating which is the effect it's you know it suppresses appetite it does a couple other things too but one of the major effects is it suppresses appetite that's why people like taking it as a weight loss drug um and I'm truly just barely eating. And as someone who like is food motivated, it has always been food motivated. It's the point of having a food related eating disorder about eating too much. Um, it's been fucking weird. We're like, I'll eat and I'll enjoy food. Like there's things I'm excited for. I got some Korean barbecue today and it was great, but I've gone from someone who like really has to like 
work at Porsche control to, I can't finish fucking anything. Um, I never have the feeling of going from like stomach, like where you're hungry and you eat. It's the best feeling. It's like, Oh, I was famished and I ate and now I feel great. Like I don't have that anymore. I like my stomach just doesn't send signals about being hungry period. Like I'll, I'll just sit there and I'll go, why am I cranky? And it's like, Oh, right. I fucking skip lunch. That's not it's never been who I am. I don't, it's weird. I don't like it. <laughs> Straight up not do not recommend people who are taking this entirely for diet reasons. uh, I like it's bad. You shouldn't do that anyway. It can be really bad on your body. It's like a very serious drug. Um, I yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't. And you're you're seeing backlash about like people like, oh, I I stopped taking it because I was losing weight. But it ruined my relationship with food. My relationship with food's already fucked. I'm working on it, whatever. If I was taking this without all the work I'd done about the eating disorder, this part would kill me. I think I'd be going crazy. Um because I'd lose the thing that was like my main comfort crutch. Um, and then if I were to stop taking the meth, the medicine and all of my normal appetite came back, I'd fucking kill myself just eating too much. I feel like that's just how this would be. Um, it's been really weird to like feel a thing that like could be really dangerous and be like, I, this is weird. I don't like it. I'm going through it. Every yeah. day is like a journey. Um, anyway, th- that's been my experience right now. That's what I'm going through lately. It's just been fucking uh strange like i i have to like i have to schedule my meals right now and that's not never been who i am um you know i've always been a person who just fucking eats too much like when i'm bored i snack uh when i feel sad i snack um and that's not me anymore at all right now it's like oh right i forgot i need to eat lunch it's three three o'clock i should have eaten lunch two hours ago shit um it's weird just i just feel like an alien in my own body it's very it's very disorienting um yeah, you you've been talking about this a little bit on like private Twitter as well. Yes. Um and I've been kind of so uh I guess without going into too much detail, um like both Emily and I are fat and uh, like I've just been fat all my life. Um I don't want to give too much detail about Emily other than like doctor recommended a similar drug to her mm-hmm. uh for various health things. Mm-hmm. Um, and she hasn't like really gone through the whole process because I know there's like basically all of them require prior, prior authorization, which is just yeah. its own nightmare of insurance. Oh, yeah, stuff it's to fucking expensive ass yeah. drug that, that it costs like two thousand dollars a month for this fucking thing. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, there's also been me like thinking some about this as well because also I'm going to go see that same doctor like you know, in two months or something. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if, it, if anything will come up there. Um, cause Emily and I have somewhat similar like health problems in this way. Um, mm-hmm. but there's also this part where then you've been tweeting about it and I'm like, I genuinely don't know. Cause, cause one of the things for me is like, uh, obviously there's like just nineties was fucked about weight. Um, yes. Like, 90s was extremely fucked about weight. Uh, and my my family in particular, like, my mom especially, was just, like, kind of always on a diet for as long as I knew her. Yeah, that was um, my mom, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, like, this is still was your true. Mom, was your mom always on a diet thin or always on a diet fat? Uh, fat, but also, like, you know, fluctuating a lot. Okay. Yeah, um, my mom was always on a diet fat, rarely fluctuating, but always doing some awful thing to her body. Yeah. Um, I would say never, she, like, my mom was never, like, on a diet and then, like, being thin and happy about it. But also, like, I have a similar frame to my mom. Like, there's just a way in which I'm never going to be skinny. Like, yeah, even if no, I, yeah, even if I was, like, you know, 
not like even if I lost a whole bunch of body fat and like where it was dangerous, I would still kind of just have a, a bulky like frame. Yeah. There's just yeah, yeah. the skeleton that my head's genetically hats. Have. I have you know I I'm six foot tall. I wear like a thirteen shoe. I'm big, just big. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, so uh, but yeah, like even now, like if I go and see my parents after every meal, practically there's going to be some like talk about oh i feel so sick because i ate that food or whatever from oh, like yeah i don't know how, every time you talk about yeah. it, i get mad on your behalf i'm like i don't know how you um, do it because i don't talk to my well my dad's dead my mom i don't i don't have contact with if yeah. i had to deal with the parent stuff uh, i would lose my goddamn mind <laughs> yeah um and especially for me always being big like even if i was like you know a, a totally healthy like in all sorts of ways including like had fairly low body fat i would still be mm-hmm. like bullied for being big on the playground because it was the 90s and i just had a big frame yes yeah. um and often i was just like also fat then uh because mm-hmm. it just felt like it was impossible for me to ever be skinny um mm-hmm. so i was like i was getting all this messaging and then just like sort of gave up uh, but then also my parents were really big about like, you have to eat everything on your plate. Like you have to like clean your plate. Um, and this has been a thing that's been extremely hard for me to break out of. Like it, yeah, no, I will go to a too. restaurant and like want to eat every single thing on the plate. And I like yeah. have to like tell myself like, no, you don't have to eat like all of those fries or whatever, yeah. you know? Uh, I don't have to finish the sandwich actually. Uh, but there's like a part of me that like feels uh, one thing that we got recently was a compost bucket. It's like a compost uh-huh. service, uh, where other people in our building do it as well. So it's like, it seems like the more that do it, the like, you know, there's some sort of thing cause they have to come by and pick it up. So that's part of it. So there's like, it's not entirely cost sharing, but there's like a certain amount that is, um, yeah. anyway, we started doing that this year. That was like the thing we asked for my parents to get us for, for Christmas was like it, money towards that. Uh, and, just the psychology of this is going to like compost and it's going to like turn into fertilizer and not the landfill has helped me a little bit being like, I can just throw this out and I don't have to eat it all. Mm-hmm. But I still have this, like I will finish a meal and my plate will often just be like clean. Like I like yeah. eat the sauce too and stuff. Cause it's just how I, as a kid I had to do that or else I felt like I was in trouble. Yeah. Um And the big thing now is that I like, I, it's very hard for me to know what hungry feels like right now. Like, yeah. I just like, that's completely gone from my ability, like, and what satiated feels like. I know when I'm like, yeah. haven't eaten all day and I'm really angry. Like, I can identify, oh, I'm like mad because I haven't had food. Yeah. I still don't have like a hunger sensation in my body. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, it's, I don't, when I, <laughs> When I started doing like intuitive eating work, when we started, like when I got diagnosed, we started working on it. A lot of the first stage of that is lear- like reacquainting yourself with like your body's normal signals for this is what like I've gone too far and I haven't eaten long enough time is. This is what I could eat, but I don't need to eat is. This is what I'm normal, like a normal, healthy amount of hunger is. And like what various levels of fullness feel like from like. I'm, I'm good. I like, I, I've ate enough and now I can keep going. I don't need to eat more to I've sailed way over and I'm going to regret it. Uh, yeah. and it's like, that was like months of just like body scanning as you eat, eat more mindfully, pay attention to that stuff. That was even before we got to, you don't have to always eat everything on your plate. You had to get to yeah. the part where you could like understand your body signals before you could put that into practice. It's yeah. hard. It's fucking hard. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it it's true. Like when I started Adderall, my psychiatrist was like, 
Um, oh, just so you know, like there's a bit of a, like an appetite suppressant thing where like you, your body doesn't receive properly the, the signal yeah. that you're hungry. And so people yeah. will forget to eat. And I yeah. was just like, I don't understand what the signal is for hunger. Like I have this other eating disorder thing. Um, I eat because it's breakfast time or it's lunchtime or it's dinner time. Uh, or because I'm bored and I want a snack. Like those are yeah. like <laughs> the way that eating works. So yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm um, not worried about missing lunch because I already, the only reason why I'm eating lunch is because my schedule that I write in a planner says it's lunchtime. Yeah. Destiny, uh, takes Adderall and she has that thing where whenever they change her dose, her appetite just destroyed for like two weeks. Um, and uh, she's always very apologetic about it. But going through this, I'm like, no, like, never, never apologize for this yeah. shit. You just can't <laughs> bring yourself to eat. I have the weird thing where, like, in the family, like, I do a lot of, like, I would do the bulk, I do the bulk of the cooking, I guess, I would say. It, we, we try to split up. It used to be a little worse. We split up a little better now. Um, but um, I would, the thing is, like, I'll cook. And I'll cook, you know, I, we co I'm cooking for three people. But, like, regularly there's leftovers. And if my brother doesn't just hoover it up because he just. He love we're a family that loves to eat. We have a very toxic relationship with food because of our family upbringing. Um, and he's not interested in any of the stuff that I'm going through, I guess. Um, uh, leftovers are hard because like Destiny's not like a picky eater, but she's kind of a fickle eater. Where like the re the like reheating of leftovers will like change the texture for her, and she's like, I I can't eat this anymore. Um, and it's like not on purpose. Like she's not like being a jerk about it, right? She just has yeah. her own food hangups. Um. And so, like, for a long time, I was like, oh, well, then I have to, like, make sure I take care of all the leftovers. It was just, like, super bad. Like, it was like, I don't need, I don't need that. Like, we can just make make smaller portions, be willing to throw shit out. I, we don't have the compost option, unfortunately. That's a good idea. I wish I had that. Yeah. Because um, that would just solve my worries about this sort of thing, right? Um, it's a great solution. It's like, oh, well, I'm doing something good with this. Uh Next yeah. time, maybe I won't make so much. Uh, yeah, it's rough. Um, yeah. Th that's the thing is, like, if any, like, like looking up anything about Ozempic is a nightmare because it's such like a celebrity and normal people want it like weight loss drug like I like the thing where the appetite's suppressed I'm like I wouldn't wish this on anybody it's joyless um it's just fucking messes with your head because like I've made so many gains about like my like learning my body signals for hunger um losing weight in like normal ways not through like diet but like sustainable diet changes and more regular exercise and not binge eating as much. Um, like, you know, my, the, the happening of that has gone way down over the last two years. Um, and like, I, I've lost a good amount of weight doing that. So, you know, I, I, I'm not in for the gains minute because I have health problems and I'd like to fix yeah. health problems. And those come with dropping the weight. Cause you know, at my heaviest, t t I'm going to talk about weight a little bit. I, I hate bringing in numbers into it. Right. But like, at my, at my heaviest before this all started when I was before my Miami summer, if anyone remembers Miami summer, that was part of me like getting healthy. Cause the doctor was like, you need to fucking change. She was not mean about it. She was like, you need to make some life changes. It'd be really good if you like exercise more and ate a little better. And this is even before I was in talking about the, the eating disorder stuff. Um, I was at like three sixty, and I'm down quite a bit from that. Like a, a lot. <laughs> it's been like two years though. Like it's slow, right? It's yeah. not like I'm not yo-yo dieting. I'm not doing anything crazy. I just uh, tried to be, try to make healthier choices sustainably. And it's hard and you don't always win. And sometimes you fucking, I mean, not right now. I don't binge eat because I can't, if I eat more than like a sandwich, I feel sick. Um, but it's weird. It's fucking hard out there. Uh, yeah. 
Hi, Editing M here. Uh, I was going through this. I, I wanted to circle back on this. This is like a week later. This is like the weekend after we recorded. Um, my main point with this is mostly that um, it is frustrating to feel like your gains, which I think are real, like I made a lot of effort, I made a lot of changes, they were very positive, are pale in the face of medical intervention. Uh, we talk about this a little later. We're, it's really frustrating that sometimes this shit works. We're talking about all about therapy. But it's especially true for pills where you're like, I just, medical intervention just changed my brain chemistry, and my body chemistry in a way that was beyond my control. It makes you feel very small, and it's very difficult to deal with. The feelings that come up with that are... Um, you know, uh, shame and, and frustration and anger at yourself and anger at the world and at your genetics and, uh, fear sometimes just about how easily things are manipulated beyond your like conscious awake control. You just put a chemical in you and your whole body's different. It's fucked up. Um, which isn't to say don't take your pills, right? Like, you know, uh, I feel this way about the ADHD medication too. Like, uh, it's done more for my focus in three months of just taking a pill every morning than I have ever done in my entire life. And that's feels bad sometimes. It's normal. Um, and like I said, it's not, a, it's not an excuse to not take the pills, but it is a, a mental hurdle that requires grappling with. Uh, not getting over, it just, it, it, you just sit with it, right? You, there's nothing I can do about that. It's just true. Um, but I did want to point that out where I, or I brought up like losing weight specifically, uh, the speed at which it's happened on these pills is, is hopefully going to slow down. Cause, uh, that it, it's been, it's been wild the last three, it's now three weeks. Um, and, uh, it's not healthy. It's bad. Uh, I'm a little worried about it, but like, I'm, I mentioned go, I need to go back to the gym somewhere in here. I don't know. I've done that. I went back on Friday. I'm hurting today. Cause I hadn't worked out in like five months. Um, trying to change my diet a little bit. So if I am losing, I'm not losing muscle mass. You know, there's a whole thing where if your nutrition take dives, you want to make sure that your uh, overall nutrition dives, your calories in, you want to make sure that you're eating healthier. So, you know, you don't lose muscle mass because that's how you hurt yourself and get more prone to injury, things like that. Um, I'm looking it out for it. Anyway, that's it. Uh, too long rambling. Um, we're going to go back right to where it was. I literally just inserted this. I, I literally shift topics like right after that, or just go broadly about things again. Um, and enjoy the rest of the podcast. Thanks for listening to all of this shit. I'm a little nervous about putting it out, but, um, I'm putting it out anyway. So here we are. Uh, back to the pod. So when people ask how the ADHD thing's going, I'm like, well, right now it's like this. It's this big yeah. tangled knot of like six <laughs> different things. And I got to tell you about the last three years of like my life. Um, but I, I, the medicine's working. If you, if you think you have ADHD and you don't want to, if you don't want to be on the Adderall up and down, um, like I take Stratera, that's an SNRI. It doesn't, it's not con like controlled substance like Adderall. Um, so it's in stock places. Um, I, it takes a while to build up in your system. Like I didn't start feeling it until like three weeks in and I could still have a lot of room to grow in terms of my dosage if it stops working. Um, and, uh, and so it's not for everybody. And I, I know for some people it just doesn't work or some people have really bad side effects. I might've been relatively mild. Um, but there's always options. You can always go get checked out, you know, yeah. see it there. I was, I was, you know, it's weird to just be like, I, I used to be really therapy resistant, like just truly like, I don't need it. I can, I don't need help The The, you know, I don't need to fix myself. The problems of the world, not with me. Um, chip of my shoulder thought it was like bullshit sort of person. Really, really just like the worst. Um, 
And so I, I hate being annoying where I'm like, I think therapy works and I think most people could use it. If you can find a good therapist, it's hard. If you don't have health care, if you don't have good, uh, good health care, it's hard. It's expensive. Uh, you can't, yeah. if you're in a different country, it can be very hard to get a hold of. Um, but I think uh, finding a therapist that works for you with an open mind and an open heart to the process, uh, dig around in your own brain and body a little bit. Um, that shit works. Yeah. I really am a big believer in it. It really works. Um, it does. Which, yeah. Yeah. On some level, like, I tell my therapist all the time, I'm like, I hate this shit works. And she laughs. Um, I'm like, it just like feels like it robs me of some in, indelible like quality of the ego like myself is so laid bare by this process where like i'm just a stupid animal and we're all stupid animals but like i don't like to believe it i don't i don't i don't want to feel that way i want to feel special and important and therapy just reminds you that like habitual behavior training works because you're a fucking dog <laughs> And it's fine to be a dog. I wish I was a dog. I'd be much happier. Dogs don't have anxiety. Um, I mean, they do. I know lots yeah. of dogs have anxiety. <laughs> lots of dogs like, have anxiety. But dogs yeah. just live in a, a, you know, a dog is not worried about its own death the way I have been for most of my life. You know, there's there's benefits to being in this state of like perpetual now. And I'm never going to be there. That's just not my disposition. Um, but it does like the part the it's, the, the fact that therapy works is annoying a lot of the time. But I, that's that's part of why it's like it works because you, you you know we're just brains just yeah. meeting brains what are you gonna do um there's still a part of me where uh like i like kind of joked about it with my therapist but it, like mm-hmm. um because my therapist's focus is like uh attachment theory of mm-hmm. all the stuff so like you know this idea of basically uh at some point there's like an attachment wound which especially for i have neglect trauma like you know good therapist for me to have um but there was a part where like this stuff really came up of like oh you like have to open yourself up and be ready to like have the people around you that you care about and care about you like actually provide care to you. And that's like how you actually heal this attachment wound Um, Mm. because you needed people to help you and it didn't happen. And that's like why the wound happened in the first place. And so in order to like help you get over that, you have to like need people to help you and then have them actually help you instead of let you down. (laughs) Uh, But it's also a scary thing to do. Um, Yeah. It's hard. And, yeah. And that came up like in a session. And then it was like two months later where I was like, when you first said that, I was like very scared, basically being yeah. like, I just yeah. wanted to fix this myself. Like I wanted to yeah. go to therapy to fix it myself. Um, and then I was thinking about it and I was like, uh, I'm a Taoist and a communist. Why the fuck am I doing this like individualist yeah. <laughs> idea of my mental health? <laughs> because it's it's really attractive to think yeah. that we are masters of our own destiny, right? Yeah. I um, want to believe that I can fix my the like that my emotional state is a thing that I can have mastery of. And it's not. Uh, yeah. It's a thing that happens to me. Sometimes sometimes I contribute to it, sometimes I ignore it, sometimes I just ride the lightning. Um, but it will happen to me regardless of what I think about it. Um, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. Especially when I was like, oh, I do actually like community is important. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh yeah, that was that was like a big moment for me just realizing what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> Uh, yeah. It's weird, right? Yeah. Like, uh, not to like t- talk too much about your business, I guess. Um, but like, I know that you have the thing where it's like, 
a lot of my relationships are mediated through like working. I do podcasts with my friends. We started this because I wanted an excuse to hang out with you. I didn't really care about Icelandic sagas that much, but I wanted to have a podcast with you. The podcast has taken the shape of that fact. Um, yeah. Everyone's having a good time. It's fine. Um, but I know sometimes you're like, oh, is it like, do people only care about the work? And I'm like, no, idiot. I wouldn't sit here every Wednesday night for a podcast about reading old books. I yeah. promise you I would not do that. I like you. We have a good time. I look forward to talking to you every week. Yeah. Um, yeah, it truly is this thing, too, of, like, as a kid, I always felt like work was either more important to me or, like, I was getting attention because I was work. Like, it was childcare. It was, like, taking care of the kid, like, the work mm-hmm. that you do of that. And that was why mm-hmm. I got attention uh, was specifically just being work. Um, so, yeah. But then it's also, like, there's this other part of me that thrives on, like, schedules help me feel, like, secure and yes. and safe and like in able control. to do yeah yes. and in control of things uh and so if i like schedule time with people to hang out but doing that like piecemeal one at a time is like such a chore and it then it always falls to me and then i like get this weird resentfulness that like i am always the one who has to like reach out and make the plans with all of my friends uh i've i went through years of like being mad about that at, you know uh unexamined mad about how i had to be the like person making plans with people oh absolutely Um, i'm still working through that on some level yeah i i don't (laughs) like i don't like the way in which i will automatically assume a position of like responsibility for everyone around me um but i will the minute you give me the rope i will wrap it around myself yeah fling myself off the cliff to do it i love being in charge of stuff because it allows me a like a position of safety and control uh yeah my thing with my parents was like because i was like a good kid like didn't need a lot of like positive reinforcement was when I was self-sufficient and quiet and didn't make a fuss and just if it like got things done and with the exceptionalism was presumed, right? I was not an acting yeah. out kid. My brother was my younger brother is the acting out kid. I was the quiet, high achieving kid. Um, and so just efficiently being in charge of things and making sure they got done and were good and at a high level um, was what I thought was like, being a person a good a successful person for a for frankly far too long in my life um only the last couple years have i really tried to let that go a little bit um and it's it's fucking hard yeah um yeah i feel like i had a, a bit of a similar like one of my brothers was more obviously the like you know person who would be like acting out or would like would like have an argument with my parents i wasn't having arguments Mm. with my parents you know Mm. there was also a way that like me just uh excelling and like doing well in school and like being quiet was that was like what was expected of me where even my punk phase was i think for a lot of the time my parents just seeing it as like an aesthetic thing i was doing uh Mm. because also i just was not getting the kind of attention that they were like aware that I was getting drunk and smoking cigarettes and pot at mo- and like moshing at punk shows. Right. They just thought I was going mm. to a punk show and like listening to the music and go- coming home and finishing my homework. In fact, I was doing my homework like before class, like the, you know, two minutes before the bell rang. Oh yeah. That was me too. Yeah. Uh, I was yeah. good at school. So I got away with it for a long yeah. time. Um, and so there was like a lot of this me struggling and me acting out, but not in a way where like, uh, like at that point I just had already gotten, I think into a certain like neglect and also like had to keep things secret 
like I felt like mm-hmm. I couldn't talk about things or like bring things up because then I would be a nuisance or a problem. So it was just like, well, I'm going to keep the fact that I'm like deeply depressed and doing like m- multiple different self-destructive behaviors. Um, yeah. I'm just going to keep that to myself. My parents don't need to know about that. My friends know about that, but my parents, no, I don't want them to find out about that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that was a lot of, uh, like high school until my parents found out about that. So, <laughs> um, but you know, then I went to therapy and I, I, you know, uh, got good at masking the stuff that I was having and doing less immediately, like, uh, dangerous, destructive stuff, you know? Mm. So, um, then attention moved off of me again in that way. So, and then I went to like undergrad at that point. So <laughs> then, then you're just truly like, no to one's the mental health is good in undergrad. Yeah. yeah. That's just true of life. <laughs> Honestly, my mental health was better in undergrad than it was in high school. Oh, um, I wish that were me. I wish but, oh, my, yeah, oh, it was a rough time for me. Most of that is in undergrad. All my friends were just fucking dorks. Like I, there, there weren't punk kids for me to hang out with. And so all oh, my okay. friends were just like playing video games and like, we would stay up late, like, playing video games you know (laughs) it's just a different vibe um so uh i did have one there there was uh one friend in the friend group um who was like came into the school like good christian boy um you know came to the school with his like girlfriend in high school uh they like both went to the same undergrad uh just truly like um you know trad fully using the term intentionally like vision of what their future is going to be um and then uh she broke up with him and he just like spiraled um and as he began to spiral there was a lot of him like uh, struggling and like wanting, like there, there were times where we were talking, it was just clear that he like wanted music that was going to be angry. And so it's like, Oh, like, you know, you should listen to like the clash. <laughs> like you should listen to like sex pistols. Um, and then he did just fully go into like the punk mode that I went into high school. Um, but I was like, there was a part where people are joking, like, you you just ruined him. Like, you just made him into the, the punk kid. And I was like, I feel like the spiral was happening. I just, like, gave the flavor to the spiral, you know? Um, he was already on the spiral train, though. So, yeah, I did have one punk friend in, in undergrad, which was him, okay. and who I made into a punk unintentionally, just by being like, you should check out The Clash. <laughs> um, listen to some Gang of Four. You know, so let me tell you, you, you go through a bad, uh, breakup, listen to Anthrax by Gang of Four. Um, the, that'll really resonate with you. God, when I went through my bad breakup, all I did was play, uh, Final Fantasy 12. <laughs> um, that's a really funny game to play to me. It came After, out. Yeah. It came out. <laughs> this is right around 2000. Yeah. This is like my big ex. Like, oh, we had, so, you know, we uh, <laughs> we on and off dated through high school, went to college together. It, it was very toxic. It was bad. Uh, and uh, that was I dropped out of college at this point, unrelated to the breakup. Dropped out of college, was working a shitty job, would just come home and play video games and be sad all the time. <laughs> um, 
I feel like I, I like 12 a lot, but in a part where I think back on it and I'm like, there's this weird transference that happened with 12 from 10 and 10 2. Uh, because when I played 10, 10, 2, and then 12, um, I had a friend, like an online friend in Iceland whose like best friend, uh, like killed themselves and they were struggling with that. And mm. 10 and 10, 2 had stuff that like resonated with that. Uh, and then we were also talking about 12, um, like when that came out. Uh, and there's just like a weird melding of like those games in my head because the main person that I talked to was the same person about both of them. So, um, but then when I think about back about them, I'm like, what the fuck happened in 12? <laughs> so, yeah. Genuinely uh, don't. I, I remember, uh, Fran mostly and Balthier. Okay. Yeah. Um, and they're like, weirdly just Han and Chewie, but Chewie is a, a hot bunny lady. Yes. Yeah. Who's got a bunch of, like, mystic earth magic from the tribe that she's not allowed to be part of anymore or whatever. Yeah. It's it's bad. It's Look, 12 is, like, a game that I think is, like, some of the most fun RPG to play that Final Fantasy has ever been. Um, especially in the original version, I think the Zodiac Age makes it a little too easy. Um, but um, the story's fucking stupid. Fuck. I mean, yeah. this is all our normal mappings about, uh, but I felt this way in 2006. I feel this way now. Um, just all the things I don't like about guys stand around and talk about kings and swords and shit video games. Uh, yeah. But it has one of the coolest dungeons in all Final Fantasy. So, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, it is. a It is a fun Final Fantasy game to play. Yeah. The other thing I, I remember clearly about 12 is um, it was like a late dungeon. And my controller broke where I think it was triangle. It was whatever button you had to push to like open the save menu. Sure. Uh, my controller broke where I could not push that button anymore. Um, and it was the the only controller I had at the time. And so I just like left the game running, got in the car and went to a GameStop to buy a new controller so that I could save my fucking game. <laughs> um, so I always remember that. Yeah, I remember vaguely. There's like judges. What the fuck do they do though? I don't even remember. They're like the super cops, they just yeah. They're, they're the will of the empire. Yeah, they just kind of show up and are threatening. What if? What if instead of one Darth Vader, there was like six Darth Vaders? That's the this, the thing about twelve is that it's just truly lifting from Star Wars in every turn. That's true. Yeah. Um, Vash is kind of the Luke, but. Also, yeah. there's the part at the end where it's like, and then you were so important, but he like did less than Luke did. Uh, yeah. So also it's extra a bunch funny. of the world buildings lifted from the prequels, like all, yeah. like a lot of, the, especially the cutscenes. They're just prequel shots. If, if you yeah. know your prequels really well, you're like, fuck, this is just Star Wars. What are you doing? Yeah. Um. Isn't like chaos in it or something? Hmm. No, not that I know of. Um. Yeah, I don't know. And then, like, I remember the growth system was, like, a weird board. Like, yeah, chess board yeah. or something. It's a board, yep. Yeah. That uh, is correct. Yeah. I also remember playing it and really enjoying it, but then being like, man, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. 
I mean, also I tactics, but advances. Didn't like tactics. Didn't like tactics games. I think yeah. I, I don't think I ever even played advance. I know it opens with the snowball fight um, as they teach you the controls, but I'd already bought tactics and went, this thing sucks. I don't like these style of games. Um, I got into Fire Emblem. Like I played, I played the two Fire Emblems on GBA and I played the GameCube one. Uh, Path of Radiance. I think that's what it is. Um, but I, I honestly have no idea how I got through them being the, the fact that I don't even like tactics games. And Path of Radiance is like an incredibly long, difficult video game, <laughs> even by <laughs> tactics game standards. Um, it's like seen as like the dour, difficult Fire Emblem, especially considering what Fire Emblem is now. Um, yeah. At least that was that was my perception of the fan opinion a couple years ago when I checked. I was like, what do people think of Path of Radiance? Like, oh, it's like kind of the weird one. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah, it was not for me. Yeah. Um, Tactics Advanced in particular. So I played so much of that. That's like one of the classic, uh, when I think of Tactics games, Tactics games. Once I finish so. Tactics, maybe I'll play another Tactics game someday. Who can yeah. say? I'm going to get really into Gaia instead. Uh, this guy is fun, although it's ridiculous. Um, I, I really do love Oshigami ruining Blue Earth, but I would not recommend you play it. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Um, it's just a PlayStation tactics game that, um, I was really into back in the day, but the thing with, um, Man, this looks. This look. There's a. There's a DS version of it. Yeah. Hoshigami Remix. Yeah. Um, the thing with the tactics games is the only reason I would pick them over a more traditional RPG because I just prefer them more is for the active engaging with something that like people I know like and be part of a conversation. So I would never go and pick one of these. I would pick Tactics Ogre. I'd pick tactics advance something that i know a lot of people like and mm. so i could join a conversation about i don't need to be a sicko who likes the game nobody else likes in this genre i don't like the genre enough for that yet yeah <laughs> and i don't think i'll ever get there yeah if you played oshigami i would be the one person that you would talk to yeah. about it yeah <laughs> i already have 16 other games i can talk to you about we can talk about chrono cross whenever yeah that's true man chrono cross Good. Well, we've talked about Final Fantasy and Chrono Cross, so I think we need to end it. <laughs> yeah, we need to shut this fucking podcast down. Thanks. I, if you've listened to all of this, uh, I hope I hope someone took something out of it. I don't know. Uh, I, someone asked, and I was like, oh, I, I'm just going to get it all off my chest in a place where people can like reference it, I guess. Um, so that's weird, because I don't like sharing personal... Despite the fact that I talk to a microphone two to six hours a week, I don't actually like sharing too many details of my personal life. Um but here we are, um, trying to put myself out there a little more. Be brave. Um, so thanks for listening. I must just have this effect. Um, I mean, you already knew it. It wasn't like yeah. I wasn't dropping the shit on you. Yeah, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying the the talking about this stuff and do a mic. I already said I like spending time with you. Don't yeah. fish for more comments. Okay, okay, fine. <laughs> then we were out of the podcast. Then we were out of the podcast.
Thank you.